and good afternoon, martyrs. Um, I actually had a uh, interesting uh, talk with somebody today, and it, it's interesting because we're coming into the month of uh, December, and December has Hanukkah, um, Kwanzaa, and uh, Christmas. And as everybody knows, Christmas is the um, said uh, said Christian holiday of when Jesus was born. However, there's been many writings and stuff that's in the Bible that portrays Jesus' birth more along the lines of like around August or September. But regardless. Um, the values that set uh, into motion that created Christmas um, as, you know, uh, Jesus' birthday. Um, it's a very big case where we have to worship him and worship him, you know. You don't want to be running around saying Santa Claus. You don't want to be going in and out with these other, you know, things. Me, personally, um, for my New Year's resolution, I'm going to be trying to do more in um, what I would portray uh, God's nature, where I want to try to walk the path of, of Jesus or Yeshua a lot better, you know? Um, in the um, book, uh, the Torah, you know, they explain many different events and Jewish holidays, such as the Passover and, um, you know, uh, Sorry, lost my train of thought there for a minute. Um, but the Passover and Rosh Kadash and some of these other holidays that the Jewish people um, will, uh, you know, worship or, you know, do what they do to, you know, have their tradition. The same is said to um, what the Babylonians did, what the, uh, pagans did, what all the other religions have brought forth. They have all done their own traditions. And Christmas, a lot of people will dispute it, saying it's a pagan holiday or it's a Christian holiday. The actual, um, full-around purpose of it is that it was the birth of the sun god, and that is a, I believe, Roman pagan um, tradition that uh, was called uh, Saturnalia, um, which it's not a big deal. Uh, the whole the whole purpose is is that when you were when you have Christmas. I mean, it says in Jeremiah, I believe, Jeremiah 10, not to create Christmas trees and not to have false idols. You're not worshiping or idolizing the Christmas tree. But the fact is that the 
the Christmas tree was, in fact, a pagan tradition. Uh, Christmas itself, um, again, it's not Jesus' actual birthday, but since we don't know where, uh, when he was born, um, it's fine to celebrate it, you know, because that was the whole point of celebrating Christmas. But what my family does that not a lot of other people do is we bake a cake, a birthday cake for Yeshua or Jesus. Um, and we do that in remembrance of him, of what he sacrificed, what he's done for the world. And um, although that this... Uh, this... Um, belief about Yeshua being the Son of God or the Incarnation of God or anything along those lines, um, they differ between the, the Muslim community and the Jehovah Witness community and all these other ones. Jehovah's Witness, I don't believe they celebrate anything, you know. Um, I have a friend that is uh, or was a Jehovah Witness, and they wouldn't even celebrate his own birthday. You know, ever since he was a kid. So, it, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, dogmatic laws and uh, scriptures that bind people to their faith. And what I want to share with you before anything um, going further into this is that, you know, um, as I do have a Twitter um, at, uh, Martyr Minister, if you guys wanted to follow, um, I see a lot of people, they will, in the Christian community at least, they'll talk about Christmas, how it's a holy day, and all this other stuff, and there's this one guy, he ended up saying he does not follow the Torah, and I, I just want to clarify something to everybody that's a Christian. Christian means we follow Christ. We, we follow Jesus. We follow Yahshua. We follow him in his footsteps. Did Jesus ever celebrate Christmas? Is there any recognition of that in the Old Testament or the New Testament? There isn't. You know, Jesus never celebrated Christmas. He never did anything to honor really himself other than to explain to people that he is the way to God. Like, he is the path. He will be your mediator to Yahweh. He is, you know, the son of God. He is, like, the pinnacle that will be there for you, you know? When you confess your sins, when you repent, when you do everything, there is, um, even a Muslim said that, Muhammad said that when you repent, um, just remember that, Allah, or God, um, in their form, um, has uh, wiped all your sins clean, and you're fresh again. Well, that is straight out of the gospel. That's straight out of the Bible. That's what Jesus has been preaching since day one, you know? And that's my point, you know, that God is merciful, God is loving, God is caring, Yahweh, um, you know, our Lord, you know, uh, he has this 
ambition and this love for humanity. And if you don't see that, you can look into the Torah, you can look into the Tanaka, and you can look into the Bible. You know, even the Quran shows he's merciful and loving. You know, I mean, theirs is a little more intense with some of the stuff that they can say. But the purpose is being a Christian channel and being here for Jesus or Yahshua. My goal to for this whole lesson today or this whole sermon today is to tell you guys that God has a purpose for you. God has a meaning, you know? One of my friends that is a Muslim was telling me that they've had bad dreams lately. And their bad dreams were that people are going to talk against God. People are going to denounce God. They're going to say that he's bad and, you know, and she said that she woke up and she was really angry about it. And that's understandable, you know. We all want God to, you know, be the the center, the the number one being in our in our lives. So, what a lot of people need to understand is there's a a um, a passage in the book of Numbers, I believe, where um, Moses was getting married to an Ethiopian woman. And because she was Ethiopian, Aaron and Miriam did not accept it. They did not want Moses to marry that woman. And it got to the point where God said, get out of the tabernacle. And he came down from the clouds of, of heaven. And he says, I give prophets dreams and visions, but with Moses I will speak mouth to mouth. In that one verse, you know, you're, it's telling you everything you need to know about God. It's telling you that he's accepting of everyone. That he doesn't care, you know, about races and everything. You're all one people under God. Everybody. Whether you're black, white, Asian, Muslim, um, Middle Eastern, Indian, you know, African, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. We're all one people under God, and we God loves us all equally. He was, God was mad at that point because he had to come down, you know, and tell Aaron and Miriam that, you know, you guys need to back off. This is my prophet. And, you know, he wanted to marry this Ethiopian woman, and he has my blessing. And then he gave, uh, I think, Miriam leprosy, and she was cast out of the uh, encampment for seven days, and then... Because Moses pleaded with God to restore her, he said, after seven days, she can be welcome back in the camp, and I'll restore her. The whole purpose of that whole thing is, you know, a lot of people look at the gospel being the one and only time that God walked the earth. You know, that Jesus walked on the earth for humankind, and he did it beforehand. They said... Enoch walked with God. They said 
Moses definitely walked with God, especially in the book of Numbers when he came down there. You know, in the book of Genesis, you know, it sounds as if he's walking in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. You know, um, when he was going to Cain and Abel in the book of Genesis, you know, it, it, it's just there's a lot of different um, verses in the Old Testament that tells you God actually had a very, very well connection with humankind at one point. And then it seems like after Moses and it continued into the Tanaka, um, um, or the, I believe the Talmud or whatever, um, as you go further into there, you have all these other prophets and all these other people. Then you have Isaiah that's telling you about God is going to come with us again, you know, but he doesn't say it again. He says, God is going to be with us. And he says, that's the Emmanuel prophecy, God with us. And four or 600 years later, the birth of Jesus comes and we witness all these miracles and the death and his resurrection. And then he's gone, you know, it's like, where, where did Jesus go? Where, where is he? You know? The biggest point to this is that he's never, never has left us. He's always there. He's always watching. And it comes down to the, the purpose of this, you know, message is if you're going to celebrate Christmas, celebrate it for Jesus. Um, coming next year, um, I'm going to start doing the Passover and um, all the some other Jewish holidays the ones that it said that Jesus celebrated, you know? Um, in John 10, 22, I believe they caught, talk about the Festival of Lights, which is, they're talking about uh, Hanukkah at that point in time. And um, that's another verification that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. Do Christians celebrate Hanukkah? No. Um, a lot of people will dispute it, saying Christians don't have to do what the, the Jewish people do because we're a different, you know. But if we're walking in the same path as Jesus, we should be doing the same things as him. That is my philosophy on it. Whether or not people agree, that's really all up to you guys. But it also comes down to the point where a lot of people they don't feel they have a purpose in life. They feel that they're depressed, that they don't want to live, that everything is crumbling. And I'm sorry if my voice sounds weird. I have a really stuffed up nose right now. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans of welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. It's telling you God will have a plan for everybody. He has a plan of welfare, you know. And I think a lot of the people that go out in this world and they do their work and they do something that they're passionate about and they love their job, that could be exactly what God wants you to do. But 
There's also the factor that, you know, there's a lot of people who hate their jobs and they don't feel they're in the right career for them. And that's what leads to a lot of people that stray from their degrees. Like, I went to school for psychology. Um, I uh, went to school for psychology with a concentration in anxiety and um, deception analysis. Um, I also did uh, a side thing on dreams and stuff, but the dreams was more of a side project I did. I didn't, you know, have any concentration in it. It was more just uh, part of a um, an experiment I was working on. But I went into uh, psychology, and trust me, you know, I love psychology. I read a lot of different things. I was part of different experiments as a tester. Um, like I'd go out and I'd administer the tests for people. Um, I worked with schizophrenics, I worked with uh, children with autism, but it wasn't the right fit for me. It's not that I didn't love the work, it's that I have a lot of anxiety as a person. And doing this um, uh, podcast in general uh, hits me with a lot of anxiety at times too. It's probably why you hear like a little hesita hesitation in my voice or I stutter a little bit. I get caught up on words. Um, I'm not the best speaker and I don't like to be seen. I don't like to be out in the front where everybody's watching me and, you know, doing that. But ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be like a preacher or a priest or a minister or something along those lines. I grew up Catholic. And when I became more of a born-again Christian and went further into that path, I, um, I started reading the Bible more. I started feeling... Um, you know, God a little bit more, you know, and it started taking control of my life. And now at least at this point where I am now, I was working at a job. I remember at Comcast, I had the worst anxiety because the place kept growing. They um, had metrics you had to upkeep. They, it was just a very big, um, a very big, you know, thing that, uh, would keep you on edge because if you didn't get enough sales, you know, it would hit your scorecard and that scorecard could, you know, affect you. Um, I mean, it wasn't like impossible or not easy, but it, it did have some, you know, anxiety provoking uh, parts to it. And... You know, uh, it got to a point where my supervisor was um, dismissed to go to, uh, uh, was not fired, but let go because she had MS. And um, at that point, you know, I had a, a new supervisor that came in and he was a great, he's a great guy. He was very supportive, but 
he got promoted. So I got another supervisor. And the, kept, the change kept affecting me. And eventually I ended up getting to the point where I had to leave. You know, um, and after I left, I got another job. Um, I worked there and it still wasn't. But then I, I kept going to church. And my pastor is one hell of a guy. He's funny. He brings a message, but he gets so enamored in the message that he's trying to preach. He goes off the wall and starts talking about different things. And when he does that, you can feel his passion for what he does. And I never had that. I never had that at, you know, working in the psych field. I never had that. Um, at Comcast, I never had a passion, you know, other than drawing, but drawing, I never really make money off of it. So it got to a point where, um, I started praying about it and there's a, there's a, um, part in Psalms 57 verse two that says, I cry out to God most high. To God who, who fulfills his purpose for me. When God is going to fulfill his purpose for you, he's going to call you at one point. And at that point, you need to make the decision. Not everybody's going to receive a call. Not everybody has the calling to be a minister. Not everybody has the calling to be a pastor. But when you have that calling, it's your number one thing. And that was my first calling. When I was a little kid, that was my first calling of what I wanted to do. You know, Romans 8, verse 28 says, And we know for those who got, who love God, all things work together for good, and for those who are called according to his purpose. And again, there's certain people that will be called to deliver messages. And, you know, some people do podcasts. Some people just try to evangelize on social media. Other people are pastors and churches. I would love to start a church. Um, you know, I write sermons all the time. I do this with you guys. I um, I partake in uh, the Jesus Saves um, occupation where they... Uh, it's more of a volunteer thing I do, but I do that to try to... Um, bring people to God that are in trouble, you know? So out of all this stuff, you know, you have to realize, and go, this is going back to the traditions and stuff, is that when you follow the traditions and you start feeling that purpose, God is going to call you to do something for him. You don't know when. It's kind of like the movie The Godfather. You know? Godfather, he goes and says, um, I will do this for you. 
because of, you know it's the day of his daughter's wedding, but there might there will be a, there might be a day, and again that day may never come, but I might ask you for a favor, and you know he's going to want that favor done. And as of right now, this is my purpose right here is to try to evangelize the best I can. I'm not, we don't have a huge community right now and that's fine. You know, I'm fine with doing the little people that, um, I am saving, uh, or at least administering, you know, some faith to, you know, um, I mean, it's all in God's hands. It's not really me that's doing the work. I'm just giving a message for other people to lean on. And when they lean on that, you know, lean on God's message instead of their own understanding, as it says in the Bible, lean not on your own understanding. But once you have God's message being that cushion for you, and you're leaning on it, that message will come full circle and it'll give you that purpose that you're seeking. It'll give you that purpose you strive for, that purpose of love that you need and you want. And it all comes back down to, again, the work of salvation. To try to bring more people to heaven, to try to have them not conform to the ways of this world, to not continue to strive to commit sin, to not forego everything that has, the Bible says not to do. And, you know, that's when Yeshua or Jesus came down to was born to preach everything to us and show us the miracles and show us everything. This is the miracle I ask of you. It's coming Christmas. I want you guys at least on Christmas to say a prayer. And I want, if this is truly calling to you, I want you to say the sinner's prayer. And I want you to accept Yahshua or Jesus God Yahweh into your life, you know, permanently. I want you, and I have the Sinner's Prayer in episodes. I usually put a link down there for you. The whole purpose of this whole thing is for all of you to understand and know God, to understand and love God. And at the end of it that we all can see God together and all be in the same room and all be in the same area, you know, worshiping, serving and loving him for everything that he has done. That is about the end of the sermon that I have. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, you can email me at ministermartyr at gmail.com. Um, again, uh, the sinner's prayer is in the episodes. You just got to look for it. Um, and, you know, I hope you guys all have a good, you know, rest of your day. And 
I'll see you next week.